0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. I am Connor Haas. I'm here with Mike Shara. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. And we are happy to have you joining uh, with us, listening from home. Uh, today, we're getting into an exciting conversation. Uh, when this podcast drops, it'll be just a few days before, uh, before, Mike, you start preaching through the book of 1 Thessalonians. And so, uh, Mike, you can tell me if I've got this right. But the theme for the book that you're working off right now is Beloved and something about beloved believers becoming beloved to one another. Could you help? And I'm sure that's, yes. that's not exactly no, right. no, Help you, me there. you
1: hit it pretty well. So the series is called Beloved, and the idea is how those beloved of God, because Paul begins this way when he says in 1 Thessalonians 1, 4, for we know brothers loved by God. And really it's brothers and sisters, the plural, of the Greek word adelphoi, uh, is referred to siblings in a family, right? So. For we know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that He has chosen you. And, and then He goes on and says in 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 8 and 9, the idea that we uh, not shared with you not only the gospel, but our very lives because you had become very dear to us. And in verse eighty, He says, He uses that word very dear, and that same word it comes from agape, and the idea is beloved. So you'd become beloved to us. So that's really the idea for 1 Thessalonians. A lot of people will say, oh, it's about the return of Christ. And as I've been studying 1 Thessalonians, what I'm seeing it to really focus on is the love of God for believers lived out in love for one another in light of the return the return of Christ. So there's an urgency to that love. And I'm studying Paul's use of beloved brethren. Okay, so brethren beloved by God, but also beloved brethren. You are our beloved brethren. How does that come about? Right.
0: Okay, well, I'm super excited to kind of get into that series. Uh, I guess maybe book is a better way of saying it. Really excited to get in First Thessalonians. Maybe just as we're kind of on the, this side looking towards that, as you've been kind of mulling these thoughts over, what would you say as you think about Grace Church in particular or maybe the church at large in our country or even beyond? Where are areas where... You're thankful, and you feel like we're doing well at practicing this idea of being beloved to one another. Where are areas where you're encouraged, and then where are maybe some areas where you're realizing, okay, this book's gonna to have to do some heavy lifting in our hearts, and we need help in in this or that way. Do you have any thoughts there?
1: I do. In fact, one of the reasons I'm preaching First Thessalonians it's a book I've always wanted to preach because it, it's Paul really pouring out his his love and his heart towards a church that you know they got chased out of. Uh, the town after like three weeks and so they were they really wanted to be uh, with with uh, with the believers there but he was commending them so much and I think there's so much to commend Grace Church we'll just talk about Grace Church of Orange where I'm very encouraged that we are doing well in the areas of caring for one another in the areas of you know discipleship and mentoring and, and loving the body and even just doing the the basic things like bringing meals and praying for each other and kind of going through Christian life together in a way that is tight and and close. And again, not maybe not everyone in the church experiences that, but I find that more so than ever I'm seeing it more and more where hmm. there's a closeness that gets developed among believers at Grace that really does display the gospel truth. And so I think... I think that's really good and I think the idea of we share our lives and the gospel we don't just give each other the Word of God but we share our lives because we've become very dear to each other and that does happen over time it really does and a love gets built but then more and more people join in on the, in the church and that love gets shared so it's not a static you know closed group it's not a club mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. it is a family the family of God and so when Paul says my you know beloved brethren or brethren beloved by God, you know, this family of God God is adding to all the time. And so right you know I think the heavy lifting, let's let's shift to the heavy lifting. I think that in the moment we have been living in in the last year and a half two years, there have been a lot of fractures that have been seen in the body of Christ in general, okay across the world, right. Pastors I know overseas and across this nation and local, we're all dealing with the same kind of things. Pastors and elders are dealing with the idea that unlove and unforgiveness and grudges being harbored and misunderstandings have fractured a lot of churches. They've really fractured a lot of people's hearts and lives as we've allowed it to. And so I think that right now there's there's a pride level that maybe has infiltrated the body of Christ in general. And I have seen pockets of that at Grace Church where people will seem to want to do battle with Christians and almost like you go, do I know this person anymore? Hmm. Now, thankfully, there aren't, I really, I can't think of anyone doing that right now at Grace. And I think I said that recently in a sermon, like what I just talked about, I, I can't think of anyone doing that. So this is a, a warning if it happens in the future. Yep. But I think we've had some pockets like that at Grace and it's the kind of thing that hurts all people. It just hurts everybody. Like Because when Jesus said, You know, all men will know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. That love is to be tangibly shown as we do the heavy lifting of repentance and reconciliation, forgiveness, forbearance, you know, letting things go before they even get to the point of us bringing it up. So I think that there are some things that we can probably guard our hearts on at Grace Orange where we can be a little more circumspect, a little more watchful of our own hearts and lives. and. Isn't it true? Like right now, you have to be careful everything you say around some people in life, and I think in the main at Grace Orange there is a, uh, a, a lot of unanimity, but I think at times there are some things that crop up, and it happens in every church.
0: Yep. yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Well, I'm super excited for that. I um, I've been convicted recently that it's easy to to kind of. Um love out of a sense of obligation like I'm a believer I'm kind of supposed to love people this is what you know this is what Christians do but it's one thing to do that; and it's another thing to have real kind of deep genuine affection and, mm-hmm. and just like I mean you know just the real stuff real real love in the body um, as you're looking at first Thessalonians what are some of the, the maybe even specific passages you could take us to right now or more general ideas but how does that kind of love develop mm-hmm. in the in the body
1: right so it's interesting in 1 Thessalonians you notice that right away Paul says look you have been an example verse 7 chapter 1 you have been an example to all the believers you know in in the surrounding areas and the word of God has sounded forth from you and they report about your love for Christ the idea of you turned to God from idols so there's a repentance that happened and so uh, that's a biggie like there, there was a repentance that happened and and you're waiting for his son from heaven but what while you're waiting what are you doing and he, he talks about his own ministry and says look here's what we were like because Paul had been accused of a lot of things uh, that were just false and you know the idea of support you're supposed to love you know uh, Jesus commanded us to love okay uh, John 13 34 and 35 you've even got you know uh, 1 John 4, 7, Beloved, let us love one another. And you know, when you see the let us, that's a strong command. Mm-hmm. And the idea is this, and this is where I'm going to give away a lot of the idea of where, what's behind this book. It, it really hinges on brothers loved by God. If you look at verse 4, chapter 1, verse 4, we know brothers loved by God. And this idea of beloved of the Lord. okay You are beloved of God. What does that mean? It goes back to, um, like, what it says in Romans 8 28 to 30, that those whom he foreknew, he predestined mm. to become a, a conformed to the image of his son. He chose us beforehand, and then he determined beforehand to make us like Christ. And so, what, what this is really about is it's a determined love. It's a A chosen love Mm -hmm. and so for me to say well I have to love you feels a little begrudging right like I don't really want to but I have to right (laughs)
0: you're right you're
1: right but when I say I have decided I have um, because God has decreed I have decided that I am going to love I am I have chosen this as my pattern in life it's like when you make the decision ahead of time to do something let's say you say I am going to you know Uh, bless my family when I get home. And so I'm thinking about it. What can I say to my wife? What can I say to my kids? But if you just show up at the front door and open the door and go, I should probably love them. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So this is premeditated love. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. And the idea there is that you, you are, you are thinking about it. You're planning it. You're, you're, you're focused on it. You're, you're joyful about it. And so what, what it does is it, it demands us to have clean and clear relationships, no, un, no broken things. Right. And when there are things broken, you go and deal with those right away. Okay. And so the idea of Paul saying, look, we were gentle among you and, and we were affectionately desirous of you. We were ready to share with you not only the gospel, but our own selves because you had become very dear to us. I love the fact that the very next line says, for you remember, brothers. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. The idea that the word of God has changed them that God has turned their hearts and he's changing them by the word. The word is doing the work as First Thessalonians 2.13 says, we thank God constantly for this that when you receive the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men but as what it really is, the word of God which is at work in you believers. This becomes very simple. You're beloved of God. He's turned your heart toward him from idols. The word of God is at work in you and you're doing what Christians do. You are loving Christ and you're loving God the body of Christ, and that is a witness to the world. That, that, that shows the glory of the gospel. And so I really do think that this is the, the main message in 1 Thessalonians, and let me even prove it to you right in the middle of the letter. In 1 Thessalonians three eleven through 13, he has a prayer right there, and here's what he prays. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, even for all people, mm-hmm. even unbelievers, mm-hmm. right, to the ends of the earth, as we do for you. So it's this mutual love. So that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness. So it's the gospel purposes of God are are, are seen and, and evidenced and really brought about by our love through for one another that god enables and it, it goes back to the to the return of christ before our god and father right. the coming of our lord jesus right. with all his saints and then the rest of the book goes on you know and there's only a couple times where there's a big correction uh, because like in in five first uh, thessalonians 5 11 encourage one another and build one another up just as you're doing you're doing it Then he says in verse 14 we urge you brothers, admonish the idol, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays evil for evil to anyone, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Because there was going to be that temptation. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test everything. Abstain from every form of evil. And what's interesting is, as you go through 1 Thessalonians, and then you, you go right into 2 Thessalonians, because It was written shortly after his first letter. What you'll notice is the same kind of things are evident. It is about the love of the church for Christ because they are loved by him and then for one another in light of the return of Christ. Yeah. So it's, I, yeah.
0: I love it. I am super it. excited. I have just a, uh, I have a maybe a follow up question or two for you. First one, I'm thinking of that prayer that you read at the end of chapter three. Mm-hmm. Um, May our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless and holiness. How does how does love lead to God establishing our hearts blameless
1: and holiness? What's the relationship between those two realities? Well, it's because it, those other things, the repentance, the returning to God from idols, and the word at work in the life, in the midst of the relationships. Mm. So what it it means is they're doing what the Word is saying, right? The Word is at work in you believers. They're loving each other. So why would God want you to increase and abound? Those are two really uh, pregnant Hmm. words, increase Hmm. and abound in love. Again, for one another and for all, as we do for you. This is the means by which God is going to establish your hearts and make you mature and 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 bring you to true holiness this is the means by which that will happen yeah yeah
0: yeah really cool okay i i know uh, we're coming to the end i have one more question that's just how do you see i i feel like there's a few places where you really see kind of the dynamic of the love that exists between the leader the, the leaders or elders or whatever you want to call that spiritual leaders paul in this case towards the body and then the elders as well i think um the, the love of them towards the body and then the love of the body towards their leaders. Um, that crops up when Paul says, you know, we are affectionately desirous of you. Yes. And then at the end, you know, as he's closing, <laughs> he gets to, you know, we ask you to, yes. you know, esteem people very highly, the, your leaders very highly in love because of their work. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, as you've been thinking about that, has anything come to mind regarding the relationship of the elders at grace with the body and kind of how all those
1: things play out? Right, it's a tight relationship because of God's love, okay? Because we're all beloved of God. Right. So we are all beloved of one another. And when Paul really levels the playing field and just says, look, we were so excited to share with you not only the gospel but our very lives because you became very dear to us, no longer, if anyone ever thought this, oh, there's Paul way up on that pedestal. Right. No longer would they think that. That's right. Okay? So when he says, interesting, we ask you, this is in chapter 5, verse 12. 1 Thessalonians 5.12, we ask you brothers, because he he, he says brothers all the way through, Mm -hmm. brothers, brothers, Mm -hmm. brothers, in every chapter, okay? And it's it's awesome that he does it in every chapter. We ask you brothers to respect those who labor, and here's the key, among you. It's just like when Peter said, I exhort the elders among you, Right. okay? The whole church is hearing this. Among you and are over you in the Lord, but that's in the Lord. Okay, they're not lording it over them, and they admonish you, they teach you the word, and they they tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. You're to esteem them very highly in love, in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. There would be those temptations. Every human is going to have the temptation to go, well, who are you? You know, I'm more right, whatever right, right. to anyone, or even to your leaders. And so the idea of the, as the leaders have a humble stance. As the leadership, so goes the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense.
0: Well, I uh, I think we're coming towards the end of this. I just want to ask you, maybe if you have any final parting shots uh, as we come to a close here.
1: Never forget that you're beloved of God. Okay, so yeah. brothers loved by God, a family loved by God. So it's not just you, okay? In Colossians 3, where he talks about beloved, okay? And even in in... In Ephesians 1, we're blessed we're in the beloved, right? We are accepted in the beloved. Right. That's in Christ because he is He is the beloved, right? But we are beloved of God. Never forget that. And never forget that that is in, in, a, in a community of faith. That is not just you and Jesus sitting there being beloved. It, it is part of that experience. But when it's spoken to the church, it's spoken to the whole church together. Yeah. And so if we remember that, like every time you hear beloved, you should think of a, ho- a huge crowd around you. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. Super helpful. Well, thanks so much for that, Mike. Uh, I know we're excited to get into First Thessalonians together as a church. I know you're excited to preach. So thankful for all of your uh, your work for for the, this church and studying, getting ready to preach. But listeners at home, we love you mm-hmm. and we're thankful for you. And we're praying for you throughout the week. If you have a question... Uh, You can always submit that via email, grace at graceorners.org. Until next week, uh, we hope you have a great week walking with the Lord. We love you, and we'll talk to you next time on The Ordinary Church Podcast. Have a great day.